0: Welcome back to Orange Juice Optional. I'm here today with my good friends, Suzanne. Hey, Suzanne, how are you?
1: Great. How are you, Michelle?
0: I'm doing good. I'm excited because today we are going to do our first book club.
1: Yes, we are.
0: But before we get to that, there's a couple things that we need to chit-chat about because I haven't talked to you really in a couple weeks other than recording. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you're right.
0: I feel like I'm missing out on some serious
1: Suzanne time. <laughs> I feel the same way about you. It's like we ha- we ha- really haven't seen each other in quite a while.
0: We haven't. And one of those reasons is because you've been traveling so much. And on a very recent trip, you celebrated your grandson's third birthday. So happy birthday, belated birthday to Logan.
1: I love the pictures of both him and Audrey. I know. And- I will just give you a quick synopsis of what I discovered about a three-year-old grandson. I can't wait to hear. Yeah, and I'll make it brief. So one of the things we did for his birthday is I wanted to take him to Bluey Live. And if you're familiar at all with Bluey, it's a cartoon, an Australian cartoon. And when Logan was under a year old... It's one of the only cartoons that my son really approved of and he loved it. And so he watched a lot of Bluey, loves Bluey. And I love Bluey because the cartoons last about seven to 10 minutes and that's it. (laughs) And so you're, you know, you turn it on, you're not committed for a half an hour. You only have to watch 10 minutes and you're done. And so... Bluey Live is a stage performance of Bluey. And I decided I'm taking him, just Grandma Logan, to Bluey Live, which was fantastic. Until he got so excited that he decided he wanted to go to the stage. And the place was sold out. So I'm sure a thousand people were there. And he kept tugging, let's go grandma, let's go grandma, let's go grandma. And I was so terrified he was going to get away from me. Because if he got away from me, I would have lost him forever. Because I never would have been able to find him in that crowd of a 1000 people. And that would be terrifying. It was terrifying. And it was very stressful. And he loved it. It was so worth it. But it really emphasized the fact that there's a difference between being a 30-year-old mother and a 60-year-old grandmother (laughs) because 60-year-old grandmothers do not move as fast as 30-year-old mothers. And I'm sure if he had gotten away from his mom or his dad, they would have been able to catch him on a dime. But first of all, I don't think he has the same level of respect for grandma. Not And respect is probably the wrong word. Whereas if I called him, he probably would not come running back to me like he would if his dad or mom called him. He would come running back to them. And he's a lot lot faster than I am. (laughs) And I don't think I could catch him if he got away from me.
0: Have you ever thought, and maybe we've talked about this on a previous episode, about putting him on a leash, like
1: around his wrist? We did talk about that on a previous episode because I used to do that with my daughter, When she was three and we were in crowded places like airports because I had an infant and carrying an infant, I knew if she got away from me, I would never be able to keep her, catch her with an infant. So I did have a leash, the terrible term. But it is, but
0: I don't know a better term for it because that's kind of what it is. A tether, maybe an extension of you.
1: Right. And that would be great. But of course, I'm a rusty old parent now. (laughs) You know, the definition of a grandparent would be a rusty old parent. Because did I think? Where do you come up with this (laughs) stuff? This just popped into my head right now because I thought, because there were a couple times when I tested texted Greg and Jamie while I was at this show when we were getting ready for it to begin because it's like, oh, this was a rookie mistake. It really wasn't a rookie mistake. It was a rusty old grandparent mistake. Why don't you just say out of practice? (laughs) Okay. Well, that didn't occur to me. I was out of practice. Yeah. Because as a mother, it would have been a no brainer for me to make sure I had snacks, which he didn't need. Make sure I had the right toys to entertain him while we waited Made sure I had something like a tether or a leash to keep him close to me so I wouldn't have to chase him. I would have had all of the things I needed. But as a rusty old grandma. Out of practice. Out of practice. Had none of it. Didn't have snacks. Didn't have toys. Although I did smartly grab one of his airplanes because he loves airplanes and that kept him entertaining. But, you know, when he was under the seat in the theater, entertaining himself, I thought, there's nothing wrong with this. He can sit under the seat if he's entertained. I'm good with that.
0: You're probably just being judged by all the refreshed young parents <laughs> well, around you. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Oh, gr- grandmother on board. That's that's what everyone's thinking. Ooh, you can tell he's with his grandma. You can tell that's not mom, that's grandma.
0: You know, you're so funny because talking about you taking Logan to Bluey was exactly where I was going. And you didn't even know that. But I was going to go to the fact that you had this outing with your grandson and how impressed I was. And I just pictured Logan sitting there with so many things from the Bluey store (laughs) because grandma spoil. And so I was going to ask you, A, if you... Bought out
1: the the store, okay. And the answer to that would be no, because the show started at eleven a.m., and we got there at ten to eleven, and there were probably a thousand people in line for the store. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have. Um, yeah, but
0: probably good thing you didn't, because you needed that extra hand to hold on to him and not right. carry extra
1: treats. Toys. Yeah, right. extra toys and. That being said, I've already bought him every Bluey toy there that exists. And so they were all duplicates.
0: I see. And is Bluey a dog?
1: It's a dog. Okay. Yes. Okay. And it's a female, even though she's blue, she's a female dog. And she has her little sister Bingo and Bluey's dad and Bluey's mom, which I don't know their names because it's Bluey's dad and Bluey's mom. And so when you sing the song, you say, mom, you know, because that's Australian. Dad, bingo, bluey. So there you have it. I never in a million years
0: would have thought I would hear Suzanne Huners <laughs> reciting a children's show theme song or song that yeah. they,
1: they do. Well, and my I'm son, Impressed. Impressed. Well, And my son reminded me that as a mother, I would have never taken my children to Bluey. It would have been under total duress if I had had to drag my kids to Bluey. Even though they would have loved the experience, there is no way in hell I would have done it.
0: Well, that kind of brings me to the second question that I had for you. Did Bluey prepare you to take Logan to Disneyland? Because we all know you're a fan of Disneyland.
1: Not. Not. You're not. (laughs) I hate Disneyland. Those are, I hate is such a harsh word. I I don't hate Disneyland, but I do. And I, of course, want to take my, I want to be with my son and daughter-in-law when they take their kids to Disneyland. I do not want to take my grandchildren to Disneyland. I am happy to go and be that third person, that third set of hands that person that takes Audrey when Logan wants to go on a ride. Yeah. When yeah. Logan to be the supportive grandma. Stand. Right. They can go stand in that hour long line to get on a two minute ride. They could do that. And I'll go walk around with Audrey.
0: And you um, know, Disneyland and California Adventure now have alcohol. I'm uh, just
1: saying. That's new from when the last time I went to Disneyland which was probably 15 years ago.
0: Well, at least it's on your brain right now. You're starting to think that, yeah, maybe I could do Disneyland for the experience and for being that person for my grandkids. I love that.
1: I'm glad you love it.
0: (laughs) And I I want pictures of you with Mickey Mouse ears when you do go and a Um, Mickey Mouse sweatshirt or you could do Goofy, any character sweatshirt. That would be hilarious.
1: (laughs) Nope, not going to do it.
0: You could do a cute one that says, why hello, like with a Minnie mouse or something, and then you're advertising and it's uh, cute. No. Nope. Not okay. could do
1: it.
0: Okay. Well, I see Disneyland doesn't spark a whole lot of joy, but maybe the book club will. So let's move on okay. to okay. the four agreements. <music> okay, Suzanne, we're back. And I'm so excited to have a conversation with you about the four agreements. Now, I will say that the only book club I've ever been in, and I mentioned it briefly when we introduced the book, is called Book Club Light. And we never read a book. So I don't even know how to structure a book club. Yeah, I don't know how to do it. So I may lean on you a little to get the conversation going and get the flow going. But um, what do you think of the book?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start with you. You tell me what you thought of the book.
0: I think that reading this book now in 2023 would have been a lot different had I actually read it in 2020 when I was in the beginning stages of my spiritual awakening. So much that I read in the book inspired me, but I've heard it, I've learned it, and I've lived it for the past three years. It's been a process of taking these things on, of integrating them into the way I approach life. Mm -hmm. I just use different terminology
1: for it. I'm glad to hear you say that, but let's be clear about my book club experiences. I have a similar book club. I wouldn't call us book club lights. We've been together for 20 years. They're coming to visit me in March. And when we started, we were definitely book club light. We would read the books, not a lot of discussion about the books. We've carved out time when we get together now to discuss books, and um, but still very loosely structured. So there isn't a lot of structure to my book clubs, either, but I still think we get a lot out of them. Um, that being said, <laughs> I agree with your assessment of the book 100%, not for the same reasons. I know that you purposefully went into the um, to your new way of, of basically restructuring how you think three years ago. When I read the book, it's like, well, (laughs) yeah, duh. (laughs) I think we already know all of this. Is there anything, any new information? But I did, however, feel like it's a good reminder. It's a good way to bring us back to how we should be looking or how we could be looking at these aspects of our life.
0: Exactly. And- It all is. A big part of this book, and actually the base of this book, is all about being programmed, kind of. That's not the word that they use, but stepping into life as a child. And you're not holding on to the past. You're not thinking and having anxiety about the future. You're just able to live present in the moment And have joy from there. Like you don't have all those pressures and all that programming thrown onto you. And this book basically does start out talking about, even from a young age, we are with our parents. So we get their points of view thrown on us. We are in a society. We learn what's right and wrong. We get those points thrown on us. And so suddenly where we didn't have to Worry so much about the past or the future we could live in the moment. Now we're worrying about pleasing others, how we're appearing to others. Are we fitting in? And, you know, from there coming in, how you self judge yourself, but then yet how you play a victim and how those all come together with your self beliefs and all those things that you're learning, all those thoughts that are being projected at you, all those concepts that you're taking in, those are the agreements that he's talking about. And they build up so much that you can't even really know yourself anymore or know what your authentic self would be until you start letting go of those agreements, finding a way to break them, the old
1: agreements by bringing in these new agreements. Right, right. And I guess in my opinion, which... I kept going back to a thought process I had, because in my mind, it also comes with age maturity, coming to to this perspective that he talks about in the book, the four agreements that he specifically addresses. And I think, but I guess I'm basing that on my life experience, and maybe not all people are able to take away from their life experiences. And it's very helpful to see it in writing and have someone put the explanations um, in verbiage that helps you reflect. And I found a review by someone on goodreads.com, which I used to be a an avid Goodreads person. It's got where I got a lot of my books from. And I've just gotten out of a habit since I opened my store to go to Goodreads. But I did find this review that I really like. It says, much of the info I've already learned by my hard knocks age of 60. Yet, isn't it always nice to pick up an easy to read, easy read to reflect and get a bit of verbiage that helps you refocus, reinforce getting back on a good direction or helps you simply clear out life's cobwebs when reaching new big life transitions. I just thought that was a great way to sum up how I felt about the book. I agree. I really like
0: that review of the book, and it is so incredibly true. Do you want to maybe go through the four agreements and what you
1: pulled from each of them, what your thoughts were? Um, I think we can briefly go through them. I think we don't necessarily need to do a summary of the book because if anyone's listening to our podcast, we can assume that they've read the book with us. So I don't think we need to review the book, but I do think it's worth, worth listing the four agreements and just a brief um, comment about each agreement.
0: Okay, that works for me. So the first agreement that... Was talked about is be impeccable with your word. And what did you think about that agreement, Suzanne? How do you see that interacting in your own
1: life or playing out in your own life? I, this is where I, <laughs> where I, the first agreement is where I first thought, okay, hard knocks of life is how you learn this stuff. Say what you mean, speak with integrity. Stop internal negative talk. That's probably my hardest one. And refraining from gossip. And my second hardest one to to overcome. But I think it's kind of a no-brainer for me. But I think, again, that comes with age and maturity. And that's about all I can say. What about you?
0: Yeah, and reading through that, it's a lot about what I... S- speak on every day is really being careful with the words that I put out into the universe because to hurt someone else is actually to hurt myself also manifesting. I need to believe in myself. And if I put it in word or thought, I'm only harming myself. I'm reinforcing old agreements that I have. And I don't want to do that. I want to look at the possibility of, and living without negativity or, yeah, gossip though. Gossip is a hard one because when I hear it, I don't often spread it, Mm -hmm. but when I hear it, I'm hooked. I want to hear it. But I really do try to say what I mean and mean what I say and think about my word choice and how it's going to be received by others. And so like you, I think it's a good reminder That our word has an impact and it has an impact on others and
1: how we think of ourselves. I think you summed that up beautifully.
0: Thank you. Okay. So the next agreement, don't take anything personally. I've had to work hard on this one because if something goes sideways with somebody or they give me a wrong look or they don't return a call, I always, always go to, did I upset them? Like, mm-hmm. what could I have possibly done? And I start going back as far as I can since our last interaction to see right. what I might have done to cause a negative reaction.
1: Right. I've really uh, tried not to do that right. lately. Right. And again, I go back to, I. this comes with experience. And I think it's an ongoing, it's not a well, it is an ongoing struggle, but I think naturally most people take things personally. And my my older brother once said to me, I don't know how, I was pretty young. I was probably 18. And he said to me, um, I was worried about someone being upset with me and had I done something wrong. And he said, you know, that's just arrogance, Talking, what makes you think that person is thinking enough about you to blame you for something going on in their life? I always go back to that in my world. It's like it's rather arrogant of someone or self centered of someone to assume that what other people are saying is personally directed at you because it's usually not
0: right. And it's such a hard habit to break, and it does take that effort on your part to say, you know what? Everybody has their own set of problems. Everybody has things going on and we only know what they share with us. We're not living their reality. We're not living their dream. So cut them some slack. Not everybody processes information the same way. And I've really stepped in to, and it's a quote, and I think it goes something like this, that... What other people think of me is really none of my business anyway. And I think that plays in there too, because yeah, it really, if they're upset with me, it's not, I would like to know why, but, or if they don't like me,
1: I guess that's what that is. Well, but, but again, that goes back to this, the same logic. It's like, if they don't like you, it's really none of your business why they don't anyway. That's on them, not on you. It's like not everyone can like everyone. And, and I've also learned in my life that not everyone has to be your best friend or your close friend. You can have different types of friends in your life that, that fulfill what you need in your life to succeed. And so you can have friends that you, Just enjoy them for their company and their laughter. You can have friends who you're people you turn to when life sucks and you know they'll listen to you. You can have, you know, so yeah, it's a great quote that you live by because it's like, you don't, it's none of your business why they don't like you or why they're mad at you. Unless they decide to share it with you, it's none of your business. So move on.
0: Right. And As you're talking, I'm thinking a reason, a season, and a lifetime for for friends. Mm -hmm. And I was so wanting to say, and I'm like, oh, that's so against the book we just read is, what kind of friend am I to you, Suzanne?
1: But again, (laughs) it's none of my business. (laughs) (laughs) But don't you think friends naturally are drawn to each other for reasons that don't need to be explained? I do. Do You know, you connect for reasons, and sometimes those reasons are lasting, and sometimes you move on from those reasons, but yeah, they don't need to be explained. I agree with that.
0: Okay, agreement number three, don't make assumptions. Yeah, the assumption part of that is ask. Right. Ask the question. Don't make assumptions and just assume that you know what the other person is thinking. Uh, the author did use examples of a husband and wife, and the wife got mad at the husband because he should know that. Well, why shouldn't he know that? That's not how he thinks. That's not right. his thought process. So, yeah, don't make assumptions about how others feel, how others think. And then it also goes into making assumptions about yourself. Or when someone makes an assumption about you, you taking that on as part of who you are, when in reality, you're you're not that person. And it this is a chapter also that really talked a lot about gossip, I believe. Mm-hmm. Because when we hear gossip, we just assume naturally that it's true about a person, when right. in fact, it's an unfair label.
1: Right. And I go back to this, don't make assumptions. It's a not a yeah. It's a kind of a mantra that I have said to my kids when I was raising them, and even as an adult, it's like an an internal assumption is just because you're worried about it does not mean it's true. And I think when we worry about something, and I think he talks about that in the book too. Maybe it wasn't in, in the book. I can't remember anyway. But like. If you're worried about having cancer, that doesn't mean you have cancer. It just means you're worried about it. Don't make the assumption that worrying about it will make it true. It's like you have to be able to separate that internally. That Do you hear what I'm saying? I do hear what you're saying,
0: and I agree with you. And I just want to make a clarification. Gossip was mention after the first agreement. I just had to go back to my notes, but it really does fall into the assumption category also. So right. uh, yes, I did hear what you're saying and I agree because you're gonna make yourself sick in the meantime with worry, with anxiety about something that may never come to be.
1: Right. And that's still joy. Always, right. And that's what my mom always used to say. Don't worry about things that may never happen.
0: Yeah, that's good advice. Mm-hmm holding or it's standing against the the test of time as. Right. Yeah. Okay. So the last assumption that he talks about is do your best.
1: Always do your best. Yes.
0: And I love that. And that is really how I try to live my life. We talked about it briefly in our first rebooted episode where I took a step back from the podcast because I didn't feel like. I was giving my best or doing my best on it. Mm-hmm. And I needed to find a way to spark that joy and to put that best foot forward and make it the priority that I want it to be because mm-hmm. it brings so much joy to my life. I didn't want it to be something I wasn't for lack or for mm-hmm. pushing it too hard. If that make if, Does that make sense to you? Like trying yes. too hard to make it something it isn't or not giving it enough
1: attention mm-hmm. to be what it should. Just that right balance. Yes, I agree with that. And I think that this is something that it's a trap we, I think everyone falls into at some point in their lives where, is this the one always do your best where he talks about being the ability to say yes and no to things? I don't have that. One of the agreements he talks about being able to say yes and being able to say no. And I can't remember if it was this one. Anyway, my point to that is when you say yes to everything, and it reminds me of a Brady Bunch episode where Jan Brady wants to fit in her first year in high school. And she's looking at her older sister, who's totally popular. And so she signs up for everything and she's miserable doing everything because it's too much. And she's, and she's, she's deluded everything she's doing because to try to do everything. And it's like you have to learn how to weed things out and pick the things that you enjoy and spark joy in order to do your best.
0: And to to be authentic about it. And what I love so much about these four agreements, they work so well together that really, I know you were struggling like, was it in this agreement or that agreement? Right. It doesn't. It, it could be be associated with any of the agreements because there is that common thread of them building together. And that fourth agreement is really taking everything and putting it in this package to do your best in life, to right. accept
1: where you've been, Right. be so open another, to where you're going. Right. And another concept I really wanted to touch on about doing your best is I firmly believe this. And this is something my dad said to me when my kids were really little. It's like, remember that doing your best is relative. It's like, if you are doing your very best at something, that does not mean you are going to get an A plus in what you're doing. And obviously he was, he was specifically referring to school and grades And not coming down on your kids hard when they came home with a C. The only reason, the only time you should come down hard on someone is when you feel like they got a C because they copped out on it, that they just rushed it. They didn't give it the time. They didn't do their best. If they did their very best and the teacher felt like it was C work, but it was their very best work, then that's okay.
0: Yeah, I agree with that also, and really did live by that with my own kids. As long as they put in their best effort and they tried, you're not going to be perfect at everything. So you've got to right. kind of weed out where your, your weaknesses are and bring in where your strengths are, and then you find the balance there. So I love that. Your dad and mom, very wise, Parents are very wise in general. We just need to remember to listen to them. And I'm saying that to my kids right now. Hopefully, they're listening. (laughs) But the last thing I'd like to say about always do your best, as he talked about, really enjoying what you do and doing it for just the love of doing it, not for the reward of it. And one of the things he talked about is having a job. You go to a job because you need to make money, money is the reward. But what if you go to a job and it implements everything you love to do, that reward becomes uh, you still need the money, but that's not why you're doing it. It brings you joy. It fills you up. It makes your life feel like a dream, for lack of a better word. But Mm -hmm. if you can love what you're doing, you'll never work a day in your life. It's just true. And I don't know who said that. I know right. I wasn't the first person, but it's completely true. It is. It is. So anything else you would like to add about the four agreements? Any other thoughts that you have on it?
1: Um n- I'm gonna say no to that. It I guess when you're having a book club, are you reviewing the book, your opinion on the book? You know, when in my book club, we introduce a book or when we start a new book, it's like no one in the club has read it. So we're all entitled to our opinions about the book. This was not my favorite book because I kept going back to, well, yeah, I mean, this is all pretty basic stuff. And I had to remind myself, well, it's basic, but it's a good reminder. And it's a good way to bring yourself back to, you know, a centered relationship with yourself. But yeah, not not groundbreaking, not earth-shattering for me.
0: For me, I did like the book, but as you said, been learning it for a lifetime already. It's nice to have it put down on paper in a way that you can understand it. But I hear it from so many different areas in my life. Mm -hmm. It just all meshes together. So beautifully that it was hard for me to be like now what exactly did he mean by this because it all right. just blends together so much and right. that's what it's supposed to do because it carries a message that's right. important to to lead a balanced
1: life to find joy and to be the best person you can be right and i definitely think he maybe wrote it for an audience that was in des- is in desperate need of these four agreements and haven't found haven't found them yet. And I think he writes it very succinctly and very clearly easy to understand.
0: It's very easy to understand and just to list them. Right. you know, be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions. Always right. do your best. I can remember those four things and then it can trigger everything that I I've ever filed away about them. And so I like how he put them into those, you know, four different agreements. He explained them so well and they're easy to recall.
1: Yeah. As Great we
0: yeah. Well, just real quick on that. Is there an agreement that is the hardest for you to follow?
1: It's either don't make assumptions or don't take anything personally.
0: And I know that you're my friend for a reason, because I would have said those exact same two (laughs) (laughs) agreements. Yeah.
1: So. Yeah. But which one best coincides with you?
0: Oh, it would be the other two. It's so funny how that is. Be impeccable Mm -hmm. with your word, because I always try to be clear in my word and to talk positively Mm -hmm. and keep the negative out or always do your best, because I think it's important. I would never go into anything thinking I'm going to do a half-assed job or this doesn't really matter because it all reflects on me and I
1: internalize that. How about you? I would like to say always do your best, but I think I stretch myself pretty thin sometimes so so not everything gets my best and I would like to say be impeccable with my words, but I tend to... Spend too much time trying to explain myself.
0: And I love that you just brought that up because I think it was in the last agreement, it said, you know, don't think every day you're going to be impeccable with your words. Give yourself Mm -hmm. grace. You know, don't think every day that you're not going to take something personally because at some point you will. You just do the best you can do. And over time, you'll notice that you have less and less of a reaction to that, which. I think that's wonderful. So with all that shared, I think it's about time to wrap this episode up. March is coming up, so we'll have a new book of the month, which you'll introduce in the next episode. I will. We will be going to Vegas to celebrate March Madness, but you may not hear about that till the beginning of April because of when we record. But we will capture it for our social media, which again is Instagram and Facebook at Orange Juice Optional. Um, again, if you like what you hear, please leave us a rating. We really appreciate it. And let's see the contest. It's up and it's running. Have you thought of what you're going to put in that nice basket, Suzanne? Uh-huh.
1: Absolutely. I will probably put one of our books of the month, maybe a nice, I have some wonderful candles in my shop. We'll include one of those and we'll see what else. Well, you select the best
0: (laughs) so so I know it's going to (laughs) be spectacular. I may even go tag three people on a post and Comment see if you can win. and follow to see if I can win. I want that basket for myself because I'm greedy like that.
1: Maybe I'll take a picture of the basket and you can post it. So it entices people to, to get in our contest.
0: Okay, I'll be looking for that picture. I think we only have one thing left to do. And I think this week it's your turn to yep.
1: give us something to sip on. And this quote comes from one of my favorite artists, Jan Barboglio. I carry her line in my store. And she posted this on her Instagram a couple weeks ago. She said, turn everyday living into something easy, useful, and magical. And there you have it.
0: That is something to sip on. Thank you for sharing that. Cheers, everyone.
1: Cheers.